0: Welcome to Hub City Homers, episode 22. We're back on a quick turnaround. Just like the basketball team, we've got a busy week on our end. So, you know, we decided to get in a special episode for everybody, a little shorter, 30 minutes. Um, Just to recap Baylor, which, you know, being one of the more program-defining wins of the last forever, and also talk about um, the upcoming matchup of Oklahoma State. If we've got time in that 30-minute window, we will try to touch on Kansas State. But, you know, it, that, that's we're going to play that one by ear. We want to make sure we cover the Oklahoma State game pretty thoroughly as that is a more likely area for Tech to get into trouble. Now, we're going to start with the Baylor recap, and we're going to spend probably about 15 minutes on this. I, I think it's it's a worthwhile endeavor to spend a good chunk of time talking about what happened in Waco um, just the other day and give, giving everybody a chance to, to think about the, the larger lessons learned from that game and what can Tech build off of after – I, what I would argue is the best win in program history um, from a pure perspective of the team you beat and doing it where you did. So what, we're, I'm going to open up the floor here with a question. We'll start with Reed, who is back with us tonight. It's J- Kendall and Reed are joining me. Jack was unavailable, so we're still a three-man band, but Reed is back on with us. So we're going to go to Reed first here. He's going to have the, he, gonna get right back into the, the swing of things. And the question that I'm going to open us up with is just you look at Tech beating... Baylor shorthanded you're still down Terrence Shannon um and you look at how balanced the scoring was of all the guys who had fairly impressive nights which there were many you know who really to you stood out the most and you know what does that mean for going forward for this tech team
1: yeah I think there's there's definitely a handful of guys you, you can you can answer that question with um I'd say just progressively who's gotten better and who's who's been there for us nearly every game is Adonis Arms. Uh, obviously, with that huge highlight dunk that he had, uh, but he did he did way more than just that. But you can also throw in McCullough playing on an ankle that you know probably shouldn't have been played on for the next you know ten days at least, if not more than that. Um, you could tell he was hurting the entire night, but he played a hell of a game. Um, really, all the starters played one of the best games of their seasons just combined. Uh, Ever since we were down 15, all the way through the rest of the game, it was probably the best basketball I've ever seen Texas Tech play, and that's saying a lot with the with the the history we've had the last five plus years. Uh, Even going back with Tubby Smith, um, you know, I I think Adonis is has done a lot more than I thought he was going to. What he's done so far is what I thought Davion Ward was going to do in terms of scoring the ball and and uh, and playmaking. I wouldn't say Davion's necessarily disappointed, but he's he's filled the stat sheet in a little a little differently than I thought he was going through this far.
0: I was going to say Adonis Arms as well, so I'll think of that. Go to my number two option, which is going to be you know Nadoni, the Frenchman himself, um, Frenchy as he is uh, affectionately referred to as. I I think that the problem Tech had going into the season is you were banking on your starters to carry the vast majority of your scoring, which, you know, almost everybody does, but most teams really have one or two guys to come off the bench and really score for you. When you looked at tech, it wasn't necessarily, you know, anybody that just leapt off the page as being a potential scoring option. You know, Malik Wilson is a, is a good guard, a great primary ball handler, but not necessarily an elite scorer. We saw that Sadar Calhoun, who is now leaving the program, just never found his shot. Um, uh, Agbo's, you know, renaissance with the Nigerian national team, all that just hasn't materialized. You know, he's been non-existent. KJ Allen's just not ready yet. Bacho is a, very good defensively. He's still developing his offensive game. So you got, you needed somebody to come off the bench and give you not just an energy boost as you, you want your sixth man to do, but some scoring. And Nodoni stepped into that role in a big way the last couple of days. I think I saw a stat that of his, you know, now fairly long career at Texas Tech he scored 23% of all of his career points in the last like two games i mean it's just insane how far he's come in such a short time i mean even earlier this year he just wasn't a factor offensively he looked timid he he was taking ill-advised jump shots when he was choosing to shoot you know but i think when terrence shannon you know and kevin McCullough were both out at the same time plus all those guys out and he just had the full you know, run of the offense against Iowa state that just alerted him to what he has to do. You know, he has to, if, if this team's going to lack scoring with Shannon out and, you know, when McCuller was out against Kansas, then he's got to be the guy who's going to drive downhill and try to go score. You know, he's gotten far more aggressive layups that he has missed a lot of his career. You know, he hasn't been the best finisher at the rim are suddenly going down with ease. I mean, just everything that could go right for him is, and I'm not sure this kind of pace is sustainable. You know, for him, I, I don't know if this is just going to be we needed him when the bell rung and he answered it. In which case, even more power to him. You know, if he fades back into the lineup a bit and goes back to being more of an energy defense guy, you know, he he gave you what you asked of him. But it, as long as Shannon is out, I think Tech desperately needs him to continue this streak. And I I love his energy. He's he's a nasty player. A lot of Tech's guys are not. You know, they're not like nice guys per se you know this is a really tough team but there's there's nobody besides Naldoni who I really think pisses off other teams as much after every big basket he, he flexing he's mean mugging he's in your face every defensive possession, I mean he closely guards the crap out of people he's all over him he is the pest that tech needs and I think that you know bat plus now his scoring ability is going to open up a whole new world can he shoot jump shots not really, but is he very energetic, very explosive, good getting to the rack? Yeah, and if he ke- if he keeps this mentality that, you know, even when Shannon gets back, you know, if you're six-man, if he wants to take on, you know, more of the Brandon Francis role, Francis was a scorer. You know, Tech called on Francis to hit a couple big shots. Now, Donny's going to be a similar way. If he's giving you 10 to 12 a game, you know, if that's what he's going to average here on out, I don't think that there is anybody in the nation who should look at tech and think they can beat them. You know, if this is what the roster is going to do now with that guy, if, if Shannon is ever healthy, you know, I don't know who beats him. So that that's my that was my breakout player from the from the Baylor win.
2: Uh I'm actually going to throw a little curveball here. Marcus Santos Silva has been the last two games has been probably one of the biggest difference makers from. What he was doing up until about the Iowa State game versus these last two games, his perimeter defense, his down, he's a presence down low that he really wasn't even last year or at all up to this point, and he has just been tough the last, like, he has been one of the main reasons we've really won, and his leadership is just so obvious, like, everyone on the team obviously loves him, and... He's really just been so much more important to this team so far this year. And I've been probably one of the harder people on him. Like I I felt last year that he was really underwhelming. And this year I felt that he started out terribly, but uh, he's really come around these past couple of games and been helped the team stay afloat, not just afloat, but like this team's breaking out and we don't have our best player yet. And like you guys said, McCuller coming back last night and, playing the way he did was huge uh, you know Adonis arms we talked to him before the season and uh, he mentioned that no stage is different than the other he feels and that he's just gonna come out and try to play every single game and you know he shows it he's one of he is the, one of the few players that has showed up consistently for this roster game in and game out what even if he's not scoring he's still producing in other ways and one way that really has stood out is just his playmaking. He's a, he just makes things happen when he has the ball. He struggled against Iowa State, but that was really how do you not struggle when you have seven guys and are not preparing throughout the week to play with seven guys? Like I kind of write off that game for right now. But you know, Adonis is by the end of the year, I think is going to be in the starting lineup uh consistently even with all our guys back i don't necessarily know what it's going to shape out like when tj is back but the fact that we can go 10 deep with ease is probably one of the most threatening things you can have on a basketball team and these last two games have just shown the depth we have if we have to go 10 deep we can still score on some of the best defenses we can still you know consistently stay in games even when we don't have our top players and that's something that tech teams in the past haven't had so uh i'm looking forward to these next couple games really to just see you know are we gonna play to our competition like we typically have the past couple seasons or are we gonna be able to you know kind of take a step up and uh really just uh kind of go so uh i would say these next two games are actually two of the more important games on the schedule. Even if we're not playing the top competition, uh, Tech is going to kind of cement what kind of team they are these next two games. And if they kind of look like they did back in 2019 throughout the Big 12 schedule, uh, this could be a really, really big season. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Marcos Santos Silva takes, and admittedly, he takes a lot of fair criticism. You know, especially a lot of times when you really needed scoring, he's such an easy target because he just isn't much of a scorer. You know, that just isn't ever his game, and uh, he he never materialized into the kind of the forward that he was. You know, at the lower echelons, but that's to be expected. He, but what he did do in these last you know three games is really found a niche. That he's expanded upon. He's always been pretty physical rebounding. He's always been a pretty good on the ball defender. But he's really, I, I, uh, uh, bef- really before our eyes, I think uh, emerged as a really premier on ball defender, even against guards. You know, I, I think there are a lot of times this year I felt like he's been exposed in these, you know, the switch happy no middle defense. And the last three games, I mean, he's just been. Phenomenal guard. I just Tech at, and desperately needs him to do that. You know, you can't stay on the court in this defense if you're not. And especially against Baylor. I mean, that last defensive possession. If if you're a coach who needs coaching tape, you know, teaching tape for for defense, that was it. I mean that that was absolutely beautiful and maybe one of the best individual defensive efforts i've ever seen i mean nobody that big should have been able to stay with a guard as good as what he was up against i mean that was incredibly awesome and it basically secured the win i mean baylor was out of sorts there but that killed any chance they had to get a decent look up before the buzzer was uh was sounded so, you know, big pred- credit to him. I mean, we're this podcast is as harsh on him as anybody in the nation is. You know, all Tech fans have kind of picked him as the guy. T.J. Holyfield went through a similar thing. But, you know, he, he deserves all the credit, and he was a big part of the last two wins. And like Kendall said, we've got two really big games coming up in terms of just proving that this was not, you know, a fluky weekend. The guys are going to be tired. I mean, you're going to see a lot of tired legs. But, theoretically... The competition does take somewhat of a step down. Granted, in the Big 12, the worst team you're going to play, Kansas State, is still a top 100 basketball team. So, you know, the, the you cannot cakewalk through any night. Oklahoma State's already knocked off uh, uh, Texas. They have some bad losses on their resume. Um, but, you know, you're looking at Coach Adams really facing his first, you know, letdown game. This is a trap game. You've won two very big games in a row you competed against the third probably arguably top five team in the big 12 in Iowa State um you've got Oklahoma State up next who is not going to be a factor in the big 12 race other than to play spoiler and who is just honestly not up to par with the teams you've already played but like I said you can't cakewalk through it so Reed you're looking at this Oklahoma State team we're going to pivot away to, from the Baylor recap briefly. I think we'll probably come back to it at the end to circle up with a point, but to keep the flow going. Reed, you're looking at Oklahoma State and what Mark Adams is, is seeing with with the Cowboys. I mean, like I said, they're probably, I, they're not probably, they're a lot worse than Baylor, but when you look at Oklahoma State, what are some of the things you're looking at for Mark Adams to, to sustain and build upon with his squad to make sure that there's no letdown against the, the Pokes?
1: Well, I, I think it's it's obvious you got to respect them just like anybody else. I think Adams is the first one to tell you that um, Oklahoma State's a good coach team. You know, Boyden's a really good coach. Uh, they've they've come to Lubbock and beat us, you know, in the years past. Uh, just recently, um, yeah, I really don't know much about their team roster wise this year, but I do know they've always got guys that can stretch floor and shoot. Usually, all five that are on the floor can shoot the three ball. Um, so if they get hot from out there, it's it's going to be tough to keep up, especially if we can't. Um, you know, if we can't score at the same rate that they are, um, you know, you gotta you gotta keep them in check. You gotta make sure that you do everything you did these last two or three games defensively that held the great teams uh, to subpar levels. Uh, so teams like Oklahoma State can't come in and do this do the same thing that they've done in previous years. Um, as as a whole, though, just just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, that's all there really is to it. You've you've gotten through the gauntlet that we started with at Iowa State and then Kansas and then at Baylor. I don't think there's a much tougher stretch in the nation to start out your conference schedule with than those three teams right there, uh, with two of them being on the road. And you almost go three and zero in that stretch, if you're healthy and against Iowa State, I'd say you you probably you probably win that game. Um, if you had one more score, uh, but but just keep just keep pushing, man. You Play defense the way you have been. There should be no issue that you can't win the next. Uh, next two or three games without without any question, especially if you're able to get McCullough close to healthy and possibly TJ back within the next uh, one to two weeks.
0: Kendall, I'll give you the same question. you know what are you looking for in these next couple of games, more specifically Oklahoma State, to to, to avoid a letdown?
2: Uh, I think you just have to attack the paint like we have the last two games. It's very obvious that we are going to go through stretches where we just can't shoot the ball. But, you know, the fact that we could not hit a three-pointer for the most part last night until we ab- until we needed to, um, and we still came back from down 15. It wasn't built off of three balls like it might have been in the past. Uh, It was built off of just pounding the paint with O'Banner, Williams, and uh, and Marcus Santos Silva, along with McCuller just being, you know, phenomenal at getting the ball down low and uh, Malik Wilson making some great entries along with just all of our guards. But also Adonis Arms attacking, uh, Clarence Nadoni attacking the rim. Like that is just what our offense has to be this year. Uh, to be consistent, but that's the best type of offense to have when you want consistency. And, you know, if we can just continue to get the ball down low, there's not a lot of dominant bigs uh, right now in the Big 12. None that can absolutely dominate tech down low. Uh, not that I've seen yet, anyways. Uh, and we've seen probably one of the best front courts we're going to see all season in Baylor. And we probably saw the best in the nation earlier this year against Gonzaga and we were able to just shut them down but the problem against those against Gonzaga was we just didn't get the ball down low but with uh Obanner and uh Bryson Williams finally coming on a little bit uh consistently now we're able to get the ball down low and really just attack and if you you can really take a lead and build on it if you're just attacking inside rather than settling for threes and I think in the Kansas game, when they went to zone, which we could see that in these next two games, we could see a lot of zone. These are the two teams that are probably going to pull it out. But uh, in the Kansas game, it took us a couple possessions, but we finally uh, were able to start getting the ball inside with Davion Warren attacking, uh, Donnas Arms attacking the rim. And now we're just starting to get some more ball handlers back. And once we get TJ, uh, we're going to have all of our – guards that are just so good at attacking the paint and I mean I'm happy that we were able to figure out early in that Iowa State game really that shooting trying to shoot our way out of things is just not going to work and if we start a game out hot I'm happy with threes but we really don't need them because we're able to get teams in foul trouble by just attacking consistently and those are going to be the keys. Is just offensively, can we just continue to attack? And uh, I think if we do, I don't know that Oklahoma State and Kansas State really ch- stand a chance right now.
0: I don't think that, you know, tech. Has to be a three-point shooting team, but you know when we've had issues with Oklahoma State, it's been three-point shooting. I I haven't watched much of them this year. I haven't paid much attention to their roster. You know I I don't think that they've got just you know the 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 sheer talent or skill to beat you. But in games when Oklahoma State's had that same situation, what's killed you is when somebody just drills threes. So I think that if Tech really wants to avoid a letdown, what does put away teams like Oklahoma State early is hot shooting. If you come out and you just punch Oklahoma State in the mouth from the tip, you're probably going to cruise. I mean, you're just better than they are. I've tweeted it a couple times now. I'm not sure anybody in the nation's playing better basketball than Tech right now. I mean, you were comfortably better than kansas and you outplayed baylor too i mean that was a very tightly contested game but baylor's as good as they come and you beat them in their house so oklahoma state shouldn't be in this game now does tech have to do that do they have to come out and just bury oklahoma state with threes no because like kendall mentioned you know your offensive scoring so much of your production and what's worked for you is you've got athletes across the board attack stay attacking and one of the things that I want to highlight to avoid a letdown, I think it, it comes to caliber of coach. You know, good coaches get their teams ready to play everybody. It's what's made guys like Nick Saban so special. You know, that his teams almost never just come out flat. I mean, this was probably one of the worst Alabama teams in the last three or four years, and they still made the national title because even when things got hard, Saban can coach and throw it. You know, he, he that that's what sets him apart. And the basketball ranks, you know what makes Bill Self special is even though Kansas always is supremely talented, you know what they don't do? They never really look like they're getting out coached much. You know, they they it, every every, you know, game, even games against lower competition with the exception of this year being Dayton, but most of the time, they just they look ready for everybody. You know, that that's what's made his career the Hall of Fame career it is. So what Mark Adams did against Baylor that I want to highlight is is incredible because Baylor is pulling away in this game. I mean, they are they are beating Tech to death. They're just out shooting them, out hustling them. It just Tech looked lifeless, couldn't figure anything out. And then what Mark Adams' decision is, is, okay, I am the king of the no-mental defense. I run almost exclusively man-to-man or some sort of matchup zone. Let's go into like a true zone. And he drops Tech into this, this albeit aggressive zone, but a, a true zone. Baylor couldn't make heads or tails of it It completely stopped what they were doing offensively, which gave tech a chance to catch its breath, find its footing and get downhill and attack. I think that kind of coaching will help you avoid a letdown, you know, look Oklahoma state's not going to throw the tactical challenges at you that Scott drew and Baylor do. They're not talented enough to be, you know, just better than you. But if you coach like that, like a guy who's, you know, five steps ahead of the opposition, It's going to be hard for Tech to lose to teams that just aren't good enough to be in the gym. You know, it's going to get infinitely worse this year as you go along. You know, the more you play, the more tape there is on you, the better the Big 12 gets, the more they can watch what your team's made out of. But, you know, there's enough tape on you now that Oklahoma State's going to put together a game plan. If Mark Adams coaches like he did against Scott Drew, I'm just not worried about what Boynton's bringing to the table. He's a good coach, he's recruited well there. He's dealing with a lot this year in particular with the NCAA screwing them. But, you know, it's just it's just reality of the situation. They're not better than you. They shouldn't really compete with you. And if Mark Adams coaches like he has this past weekend where every button he's pushed has been the right one, then I, I don't know how Oklahoma State stays in this game. But you, it, I think Reed mentioned it. You respect everybody. You cannot, cannot go into this game just assuming it's going to be a cakewalk. You will have to throw a punch. I just think if you throw the right one early enough, you can knock Oklahoma State out. If you go out there and you let this team hang around, you you mess around for a half, that's when you can get into trouble and they can think they can beat you. Texas found that out in Stillwater. If you, you know, pardon the language, but if, you know, if you fuck around, you're gonna find out. You have to put these teams away when you can. The other thing is you just got tired legs. It'd be great to go to the bench with, you know, seven minutes left. But, you know, you Oklahoma State is going to fight. It's just you I think Adams is demonstrating that he is not just you know, A, great defensive mind. He may be one of the best in basketball right now when it comes to defensive planning, and I, I don't see Oklahoma State suddenly cracking that. But, you know, a lot a lot of what Tech wants to do is going to be predicated around Kevin McCuller's health going forward. So we're, we're going to play worst-case scenario here. We're going to say whatever happened with Kev's ankle is going to keep him out, at least for a game, and you're not going to get Shannon back. Um, assuming no other protocol, COVID stuff is going on, that should be your only two outs. So who are you going to in that scenario if you're down your, you know, arguably, well, I don't even think arguably, your two best players again. You know, if we, we get back to the Kansas rotation, who has to show up to take over the team to sustain what tech has been doing?
1: I think it's kind of bouncing off what you said with uh with Nadolny, He's been a huge spark in the last week so far, uh, with our two main dudes out. Um, even if he's not you know, dropping 20 like he did against Kansas, um, even if he's just putting 5-7 to seven on the board, uh, and he's able to keep the energy on defense up for us. I think that's all we really need uh, in terms of beating a team like Oak State and Kansas State. Uh, you, you play the same way defensively as a team you have been. You should have no problem beating these next two teams. Um, if you're able to get through what – like I said earlier, if you're able to get through what you just did um, and you, you treat these two the same way, you, you'll have no issue – um, with your guys doing what they did against Kansas without McCullough and, and Shannon. Um, you know, even Iowa State only put up 47, but we were in that game all the way to the end. I mean, you probably shouldn't have been with, with the amount of guys you had available against a uh, top 10 team like Iowa State on the road.
2: Uh, I would say to me, the last two games, just looking at the last two full games, uh, one thing that I've noticed is just about every single guy that has been out on the court could take over the game in some way, and a lot and a lot of them are able to take over the game with a small kind of personal like four zero six zero run, which really just turns the game. And that's what really just took over the game for against Kansas is we just had a bunch of guys just taking turns, kind of having their runs. And, uh, I think that's the key. I don't think you can, when you don't have your best two players, the worst thing that can happen is trying to put all that pressure on one or two players' shoulders to score. Especially when this team, I mean, we had what, seven transfers that averaged double digits at their old school. And, you know, a lot of these guys used to be the guy at their old school and a lot of them have developed really really well and uh, you know they can easily kind of go back to that role they used to play like O'Banner we've, e- we've even seen him the past couple games Uh, he hasn't been necessarily getting open uh, with creating his own shot, but he has slowly and quietly been one of the best cutters and like back cutters on this team at getting open and I think that's just kind of what needs to happen. You can't, we don't really have a guy without those two. We don't have a guy that can really just create his own shot consistently. Uh, So we really need to have a lot of off-ball movement and just getting other guys open and just really, I really don't think we should lean on one individual for scoring when those twos are out because I feel like we just have really all of our guys that play out there are a threat to score when they're out there. And I think that's our biggest advantage in these types of games.
0: Yeah, I think I think when your two best players are down, you really find out what this te- what the team is made out of, and you found that out against Kansas, and then you found out a bit more with Baylor. You get McCuller back, In the worst case scenario that whatever happened to his ankle takes him back out. You know, you're going to learn more about this team because it's it's hard to sustain the kind of success you're having when you are in fact limited, you know, it, it was it, what made the win over Kansas. So impressive was that, you know, everybody who needed to step up did to make that happen. You know, and if, if you go on Oklahoma state without McCullough again, you know, you are going to be a bit limited. So that means, yeah, you need O'Bander to, to maybe get back a little bit to the oral Roberts form, the RU form of past, even though we haven't really needed a ton of that from him lately. Um, you know, I, I think our scoring's been balanced enough that he hasn't needed to do stuff like that. But, you know, you the guy I want to point to as being a guy, I think really, we don't know Sharon Shannon's long-term health. We don't know what's up with McCullough's ankle yet. If that's going to be bothering him, he could be in and out of the lineup, um, you know, justifiably if, the, if he's got something going on there. So let me point out one guy who I think has got to play better. Because you know we get Malik Wilson back, and you know he he's probably going to be your primary ball handler once he's back to one hundred percent. The guy that probably has to take over as your other main guard besides Adonis Arms is going to be you know Davion Warren. I love Naldoni. I think he's an, he, what he's doing lately is incredible. We've talked about and highlighted Reed pointed out greatly that he's a guy that you you are going to be counting on more. But Davion Warren's probably been one of the bigger disappointments in terms of what he's given you. He's not been bad and he's been pretty good defensively. In fact, he's been more than pretty good defensively. He's been pretty damn great great at it. But we need him to play mistake free basketball, to, 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 to score in the paint, to hit outside shots. Because Sardar Calhoun's gone, you know, Kevin O'Banner's not something's up with his stroke and he he's he's not shooting like he has. You need outside shooting if you're not going to have your best overall attacking guard and your second best overall guard. You know, if those two guys are out, you will need outside shooting long term to, to make a run in, in in this league and in the tournament. So Davion Warren's a guy who has all the talent to do it. Naldoni seems like he's taking on the role of being a slasher. Adonis Arms seems like he's taking on the role of being the all-around guard. You know the the the, the team's leader with with McCuller and Shannon. You know hobbled. Uh, uh, you hope Wilson can get back to being on the court so he can take over the primary ball handling spot. You know we know what O'Banner can do. We we're seeing better from Bryson Williams. He's had his best weekend as a Red Raider. Was phenomenal. You know we're, we're seeing guys show up. Davion Warren's the guy who has not yet shown us everything he can do. And if you're shorthanded, once again, he's a guy I desperately want to see, you know, make a name for himself outside of just a few big plays. He's got the potential. He's got the talent. He's flashed it, and he hasn't been necessarily bad. I just think he's so close to being great that if, you know, you're going to be short-handed and more minutes are going to flow his way, you know, more more opportunities to score, I really hope he takes advantage of that. But obviously the health of those two guys is something we're all praying for. The long-term success of the season is going to be around a lot of what's up with Shannon and McCullough. So just cross, you know, every finger, toe, knock on wood, whatever you do, whatever your superstition is, if we've lost those two guys for a bit longer, that Tech has enough to sustain it until they're both 100% again. And hopefully if McCullough is able to play, we can knock the door down and, and against the the Cowboys so he can get, get on the bench and rest shortly. We got a busy week with Kansas State right around the corner. Then we get finally a little bit of breathing room before Iowa State comes to town. So... We're going to close out here, and all I got to say is about you know the, the rest of this week. We are going to try to record again after the Kansas State game that Sunday, hopefully. So you will get an Iowa State preview. I apologize if you're you know looking for a Wildcat preview. To be honest, I I just I don't like predicting game previewing games for tech should win by like 20 Kansas States one. You should win by 15 to 20. They're a good club, but you should beat them badly. And I don't like to pretend. I think it brings bad juju in the world. If you give opponents like that, a lot of credence, Oklahoma state's good enough to give you trouble, but you should put them away as well. Um, so we're going to close out here before we do. I just want to quickly get some actual score predictions on the tables for the Cowboys. Kendall will reverse the order. What's the, what's the final score going to be tomorrow night?
2: Uh, I think the Tech's going to be able to score on Okie State after the defenses we've really faced in our last three games. I think a lot of things are going to open up. Uh, I expect Tech to easily break seventy. I'm thinking something like seventy-five to sixty somewhere in that range.
0: Reed, your turn.
1: All right, let me ch- let me check the spread real quick. Let me get a little calculated, little guess here.
2: Last time I checked, it was eight or eight and a half.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's eight. Uh, I'll get I get Tech covering. I will go sixty-eight fifty-five. Nadoni leading score.
0: Wouldn't surprise me if he leads, especially if you're shorthanded again. Would be great for him too if if he's playing like this. I I know shit. If Tech is healthy and he's going to give you this, you're damn near unbeatable. I think eight's a little low. You know, I think I think Vegas just doesn't like Tech because of the, uh, the scoring shit, you know, tech isn't a great scoring team that doesn't make you look good in advanced analytics. And that's how Vegas comes to with lines case in point. You were a 12 point dog against the bears, which just seemed damn right. Downright disrespectful considering what had just happened to Kansas. So, you know, I'm going to give tech a 12 point win here. I think it's harder to win by more than that in the big 12. I think if you win by 10, you can win pretty comfortably. Um, uh, my leading score I think is going to be I'm not I'm going to pretend McCullough's healthy but I'm not going to pick him for just to to make it fun. My leading score if I'm taking a guy, I'm taking uh, uh I'm taking Kevin O'Banner. I think that it's his time to to hit some outside shots. If he finds a stroke, you know, God help the Big 12. So I'm going to hope he he picks, you know, uh, the, the 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 Xerox U as the time to show up and really, you know, hit like eight threes, you know, crazy percentage. I'm going to take 12 points. Let's go. I like Reed 68. I'll go a little higher. I like 74. I think if you win by 12, you're probably scoring a bit more a little bit more. So 74, 62. And you know, I think that we're all very confident about Oklahoma State. So hopefully we're not we're not eating some crow in our next recording. Like I said, we're not going to be previewing the Wildcats, but I think it would be safe to say we would all pick Tech to win that game as well. You will hear from us after those two games on um, the probably episode would drop for that one Monday night. This one is dropping. The Today is Tuesday, so it'll be dropping tomorrow, Wednesday morning. Um, very busy week uh, of Tech basketball, one of the better weeks of Tech basketball ever, just, just ever. So, you know, been very fun around these neck of the woods. So keep your ears peeled for more episodes. Um, watch, watch for more. Kendall is hosting semi-regular Twitter spaces, you know, on game days in particular. So feel free to join in, chime in, you know, tell us what your thoughts are. Uh, you know, it is great to have Reed back more regularly now that football season's over. Hopefully, hopefully we can get back to a four-man podcast once again in our next recording. So, rec'em everybody and have a good night.